Today, we get started with, well, exciting news. News that Demi Lovato broke today that she wanted to share with us, and I want to share with you here on Chewing the Fat. Living in the fourth dimension means existing consciously in both time and space. Right. For me, it means having conversations that transcend the typical discourse. Oh, I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. Oh my gosh. With that said, I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. I feel that this oh best my represents gosh. the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. Yes, well, Demi con- Yes, Demi, thank you so much. I know that you're just promoting your new show, 4D, with Demi Lovato. You know, the living in the special dimension that you live in. But congratulations, and I'm really happy that you shared with us that you are now going to identify as non-binary and will officially be changing your, you know, your pronouns to they, them. And I knew when I, when I heard you, I knew that this, was, this had come after a lot of healing and self-reflective work. And I knew that you're probably still learning and coming into yourself and that obviously you don't claim to be an expert or a spokesperson, but sharing this would then you know leave you open to another level of vulnerability (laughs) and i bet that you're doing this for all of the people out there that haven't been able to share who they are with their loved ones please please keep living in your truth and know that i am sending so much love your way and and i mean that from my point of view and yours demi i mean that thank you so so very very much i'm not really sure what to make of that other than good for you welcome to chewing the fat I mean, in other entertainment news, as long as we're here with Demi, we might as well let you know about Billy Porter. It was revealed from a the cover story for The Hollywood Reporter that the Billy Porter, 51, said he was diagnosed in June of 2007 with HIV. And he's kept it secret for years from mostly everyone, including his mother. I was trying to have a life and a career, and I wasn't certain if I could, if the wrong people knew. It would just be another way for people to discriminate against me in an already discriminatory profession. Yeah, you've done so crappy. You're almost an EGOT winner. If you have, he's an Oscar away from winning an EGOT, Billy Porter. And 2007, according to Billy, was the worst year. He was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, HIV positive, and signed bankruptcy papers. So it was a tough year. And the shame of that time compounded with the shame that had already accumulated in my life just silenced me. And I have lived with that shame and silence for 14 years. HIV positive where I come from growing up in a Pentecostal church with a very religious family is God's punishment. 
But we know now, at least for Billy, it wasn't God's punishment. I mean, he's still alive after 14 years. He doesn't talk about anything in this article about what changed in his life as far as diet and work. But he's done shows and been a star for all this time. And he said that he was going to not tell his plan was that he was going to keep it from his mother who had already faced religious persecution because of her gay son. He didn't want to embarrass and have her be ashamed by his HIV positive diagnosis. So he would just wait until she passed away. He said he put her into the actors fund nursing home and she figured he figured that she wasn't going to be around for long. And then I'll write my book and come out and she won't have to live with the embarrassment of having an HIV positive child. That was five years ago. So he's been HIV positive since 2007. Five years ago, he put mom into a home and she's still kicking. So he's decided that, uh, no, no problem. I just, um, I'm just going to share the truth with my mom and she couldn't believe that I had concealed it from her. And she said, now this is, this is horrific from mom. I love you no matter what. What? Yeah. Mom still loves her son. Amazing. So Billy Porter, the truth shall set you free. I feel my heart releasing, said Billy. (sighs) It felt like a hand was holding my heart clenched for years, and it's all gone, and it couldn't have happened at a better time. I'm the healthiest I've ever been, and I'm focusing on the future. So congratulations, Billy. Thanks for for coming out, man. We, We really needed that in our lives. Between... Demi changing her pronouns and Billy Porter letting us know what, I mean, we kind of guessed probably some people did anyway. Uh, He's finally, you know, come completely out and my gosh, I mean, it's frightening enough that he's gay. Oh my gosh. But now we know that he was been HIV positive. So, I mean, is it really that a horrible thing? In today's world, are, are people really holding things like that against people these days? I feel like no. I feel like the answer is no. By 2007, when he was diagnosed with HIV, I mean, I've, I'm looking back at where my head was at in 2007, and it was uh, pretty much in the same place it is now. Okay, so treat it and change what needs to be changed to treat the problem, right? I I, I guess. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, during the pandemic, he relocated to Long Island with husband Adam Smith. And so he claimed that, uh, you know, the quarantine forced him to face his life's, life's traumas, including all the sexual abuse he endured as a child, from the hands of his stepfather. And so, you know, I I mean, I guess I kind of believe that, you know, instead of working and just putting things out of his mind, he was quarantined and uh, had to face some issues and some problems. So, you know, good for him. If it's, if it's good for Billy, gosh, darn it. It's good for all of us. Isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Congratulations, by the way, to the oldest living man in Australia, 111 
years old and a hundred and well monday he was 124 days past uh 111 so if you're listening live today it's the 19th of may 2021 it's that means it's wednesday so he's now uh 126 so he's 111 years old and 126 days uh for his age and congratulations now his son 74 year old greg said that uh you know that's just he's a simple outback lifestyle that's why he's lived so long but he claims that it's because he eats chicken brains (laughs) yeah chicken brains hey chickens have a head and in there there's a brain and they are delicious little things according (laughs) according to dexter kruger the retired cattle rancher there's only one little bite Mm-mm-mm. chicken brains doesn't it sound good mm, no but i would say that okay you know if that's what he said you know good for you but then the nursing home manager this melanie calvert she said that he's probably one of the sharpest residents there now i would take that as a you know compliment and a good thing except that she's also writing his autobiography so she's milking the man for his autobiography to make some money from a book and it would make sense that she would say yeah he's one of the sharpest residents here so it makes me wonder maybe he's not one of the sharpest people there maybe it's just her trying to sell some books could be possible you know but you know congratulations to Mr. Kruger for living to be 111 years of age and 126 days. I'm assuming that he he's going to live for you know at least a couple couple more days. Anyway, so uh, at the, at a time when the world's average life expectancy is about 71 and a half years, um because they say i guess males are a little over 68 years and females are you know a little over 72 years so i mean that's not bad and if you know i was looking at i was looking at the list of some of the oldest people uh and i think this list is uh people who are still alive right so you've got this selma sutcliffe who was born in 1906 makes her 114 years six months and 13 days whenever this was made we'll just go with the years 114 years old as of april 2021 uh made her 114 years of age and then uh we have this um this lady from ukraine who is 114 years old wow 114 years old then we have this lady from brazil who's 115 years old we have hester from south carolina usa 115 years old good for hester we have another lady from brazil 115 years old almost 116 man 10 months in one day Yeah, April, May, June. She's almost 116 years old. Then we have a lady from France. There's a lot of ladies here. Uh, 116 years old. Oof, man. Congratulations. We have a lady, another lady from Brazil. 116. Brazil showing strong in the old lady category. 
Brazil, 116 years old, five months and 24 days. So she's almost 116 and a half years old. And she looks, (laughs) she does not look like she's a, she's a powerhouse, but there you go. Congratulations. She's 116. We have another lady that's almost, well, she is 117 now, 116 years old and 10 months. And this was in April. So we're looking at May. So she's almost in the end of April, April, 2021. She was 116 years old. 10 months and 18 days so she's almost 117 years of age from uh, belarus and she actually looks like she's she's outside uh she looks like she's actually moving around she's not in some kind of nursing home chair like the ladies from brazil then we have another lady from france who's 117 years old she was a nun wow 117 years old now she's in a wheelchair they show her but she looks like she still has a little bit of a little bit of energy going on and we have the number one from lady from japan who is 118 years old wow she was a shop owner so her previous occupation was rice cake and noodle soup shop owner (laughs) <laughs> congratulations and she looks like she's got a little bit of a little bit of pep in her step left too so congratulations to her uh tanaka from japan 118 years old man i tell you what i don't know if i want to live to be well i mean we joke around about being you know a couple hundred years old but man you start getting into the into the triple digits, you're doing some distance, baby. You are doing so you can quote me on that. <laughs> you get into the triple digits, you're doing some distance. Hey, I'd like to welcome uh, NPR into the Chewing the Fat uh, Club. They must have been listening to some of my previous shows because they've now come out with uh, a big uh, article and story with uh, entitled, With Lethal Injections Harder to Come By, Some States Are Turning to Firing Squads. Err, thank you. Uh, we talked about that on Chewing the Fat not long ago, so thank you, NPR, for catching up i know that uh, south carolina we talked about just made uh, firing squads uh, legal and they've had a tough time many states have had a tough time we've been over the death penalty uh, quite a bit here on chewing the fat in fact i've done a special uh, on chewing the fat a saturday special about the people who are on death row and what they did to get there it makes it a little bit more plausible why the death penalty exist but robert dunham executive director of the death penalty information center the dpic says that states have reacted to their inability to get the drugs in various ways thank you uh they've tried to obtain drugs either on the gray market or through subterfuge really really is that what they're doing rebuffed by drug companies some states have switched to drugs they can obtain through compounding pharmacies but we won't have any of that because pharmacy associations have adopted resolutions urging their members not to participate in executions yeah okay now many states have halted executions whether you know abolishing death penalty or simply not carrying out the executions 
right? And a few states have turned to the alternative methods of execution. You've got lethal injection, electrocution, lethal gas, firing squad, and hanging. And I know that, you know, it's according even to this story, he tries to throw in there that there's a strong national trend away from the death penalty. Well, um, you know, is there? I think maybe is the way the question is asked. Maybe uh, you have that. But if you go down the list on my show, episode 545, the entitled uh, Federal Executions and the Crimes They Committed. It's a quick 20 minutes. I just run down the list of who's uh, still on death row. And the fe- this is federal. This is not states. Right? These are the federal ones. And this happened when uh, Donald Trump was busy uh, trying to clean house a little bit. And people were busy fighting him about that. And, of course, you know, this administration has put a pause on all that. But we know now that eight states allow ec- electrocution. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Tennessee, as well as South Carolina. We know that seven states have lethal gas. Alabama, Arizona, California, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. Now, I know that uh, it says here that uh, after some botched executions in the gas chambers, um, they Oklahoma, Mississippi, and Alabama have authorized the method of nitrogen hypoxia. So they drop a pill into the gas and it vaporizes and chokes the prisoner to death. You know what? I, I, the sound, that's what I mean. When you hear that, you think, oh, man, I'm not for that. But then you hear the crimes they committed and you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, I think I am. Three states, Delaware, New Hampshire, and Washington, permit hanging, which was formerly the primary method of execution in the U.S. New Hampshire has now abolished the death penalty, but there's one guy that uh remains on death row and they didn't retroactively get rid of it so he's hanging out as the last guy in new hampshire waiting to uh you know last man walking and uh, last man standing last man walking whatever the, whatever they call it uh and firing squads utah uh put a firing squad back in south carolina had the firing squad which is what started this and they're also permissible in mississippi and oklahoma now, according to this, Utah has carried out all of the nation's three executions by firing squad since the 1970s. Uh, the last one was in 2010. So we even had one in quite some time. Utah, I find this interesting how they do it. They get a squad of sharpshooters, volunteers solicited from corrections employees and law enforcement, and they carry out the execution. And they, the prisoner is strapped into a chair, hood put over his or her face, and a target placed on his or her chest above the heart. Uh, sandbags around the chair in case there are any stray bullets or ricochet. Yeah, because those guys might miss. And then one of the rifles has a blank. And so it gives everybody their, you know, deniability. But they claim, you know, if you're a sharpshooter, that you would know the difference when a blank is fired rather than a full round. But still, uh, you know, gives you that deniability. You just got to pretend it. But if you're, if you volunteer for the firing squad, um, you're probably, and this is just a guess on my part, you're probably okay with it being a live round. You'll be, you'll be bummed if yours was the blank. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Oh, man. Gosh darn it. 
Why did I have to be the one with the blank? Ah, you guys killed him. Darn it. Shoot. All right, let's go to the break room. <laughs> I need something cold to drink. Uh, desperately. Oh, my gosh. That is so unbelievably good. So did you see where Monsters, Inc.? Well, it's called Monsters at Work is uh, going to be released july 2nd on disney plus almost makes it worth having disney plus uh f- i watched the promo they released uh, like a 30 second promo or something like that it wasn't i don't think it was a minute long uh giving you the characters and uh, adding to it it's the tv spinoff from monsters inc and it was supposed to release um in 2020 they announced it back in 2019 I was trying to remember if I remember them announcing it, and I kind of do, you know, because I like Monsters, Inc., and so it was, uh, you know, then, of course, it was cut short because you can't work on animation in separate studios during a COVID-19 pandemic. That just can't happen, and so Pixar, you know, put everything on hold. Well, it's back. I mean, they've got Goodman and Billy Crystal, and they've got some new voices as well, so it'll be fun, and the promo looked like it was really fun, and uh, it should be, you know, we'll see how it goes. I know that uh, Pixar is, you know, now this is their venturing into TV animation, and they're they're doing uh, Cars and up uh, okay we'll see how that works out for you i mean they've got to make some money and you might as well try i mean that's where it's at when you say tv you're talking about you know streaming so you can do things a little bit different than tv but we'll see how it goes anyway i'm excited it should be it should be fun to watch did you see oh you know i talk about mayor of east town with kate winslet and gene smart uh man this last episode <laughs> i know hbo max just releases uh you know one show a week and i know hack with gene smart i think they were going to release you know two shows a week for six or seven weeks, whatever it was but uh this last episode of mayor of east town it airs on sunday night and sunday night is just a darn busy night of television watching okay you've got fear the walking dead or the walking dead and then you have gangs of london which uh, I think you can watch them all if you have the AMC Plus app. But if you wait for them to drop, you have to wait till after Sunday. Those ep- that show is incredible. The violence that they have in Gangs of London, man. If you want to see some violence, uh, watch Gangs of London. It's awesome. And then Mayor of Easttown, what a great episode. And it was some violence in that episode. Uh, this week is too with Kate Winslet and Mayor Beastman. So anyway, there's uh and and Fear of the Walking Dead was not uh, that bad of an episode either. The new Talking Walking Dead Fear edition is up for those of you. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, and then you wouldn't know when you know the episodes drop, including Talking Walking Dead. Um, perhaps you should subscribe. Uh, instead of sneaking around listen to your friends why don't you just choose a platform that you love and subscribe for yourself okay quit sneaking around make it a make it your that don't be billy porter and hide around for 14 years pretending you don't have something that you have make a choice all right make a point that you are a subscriber to chewing the fat 
<laughs> okay? All right, then. So, a reminder, the plague is back. Yes, the plague is back in Colorado. A squirrel has tested positive for the plague. Yay! And it makes the rounds ever so often in Colorado. There's They've had a problem in Colorado uh, since 1940. Uh, cases in wild rodents in the state are reported most years. Um, we see most plague activity in Colorado during the summer, and it can be found in rodents year-round. And, you know, sometimes it spills over to other wildlife species as well as cats and dogs. Hey, you know, that's all, though. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so there was a squirrel uh, that has been found to uh, have the illness. And according to the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, they said they wanted to remind residents that it is not uncommon for plague to be present this time of year. So relax a little, will you? Calm down. It's only the plague. Simple precautions can keep the risk of transmission to humans very low. So that's all you need to worry about, okay? Quit your whining about the plague it's just a squirrel this time i can't take it i mean look so humans can be infected with the plague through bites from inflect infected fleas uh by the cough from an infected animal or by direct contact you know through like a bite or with blood or tissues of infected animals and so pet owners who suspect their pets are ill should maybe consult a veterinarian all pet owners who live close to wild animal populations such as prairie dog colonies and other wildlife habitats should consult their veterinarian about flea control for their pets and you know just only because it helps prevent the transfer of fleas to humans and you know, then the human gets the plague. <laughs> That's it, though. But I, I find it amazing, and we've talked about it before, how it continues to keep rolling around. And they cannot get rid of it, man. The plague, well, obviously, I mean, it's been everywhere. But it's been in Colorado since 1940s. I know. They just can't shake it, man. They cannot shake it. So what they maybe need to do is do what Chicago has done and just get some feral cats in there and let them go after the rats. But then if they go after the plague rats, then the cats get plague and then they're back into the people. So then they have the plague and start spreading it to other things that could all go to hell. Never mind. Never mind. I do want to thank, that reminds me though, I do want to thank the listener who said they were on their 10-hour drive to pick their child up uh, at college in Chicago, and they were listening to a Chewing the Fat episode where we talked about Chicago releasing more feral cats to kind of put a curb on the rat population, and they were heading right into Chicago and excited about it, except they now had to be on the lookout for feral cats, so... You know, if you're heading into the greater Chicago area, I would. I'm pretty sure that the feral cats are not going to attack humans. But, you know, I would I would keep my head on a swivel <laughs> and, you know, make sure that you stay safe.
Speaking of mice, rats, and what the heck, let's throw in pigs. Uh, I did not know that they had this, uh, what's being touted in the story as a secret superpower. Uh, I got an email to chewingthefat at theblaze.com reminding me that mice, rats, and pigs do share this secret superpower. And I can well understand why I think it was Bob who sent me the email uh, at chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And the headline is, Pigs can breathe through their butts. Can humans? Now, that's immediately a story where you think of chewing the fat. I know. So thank you for sending it to me. Uh, They all can use their intestines to breathe. And scientists have discovered this by pumping oxygen up the animal's butts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that makes you want to become a scientist really what did you do today hon well we're we're pumping oxygen up animals butts to see if they can breathe so a research team wanted to find a potential alternative to mechanical ventilation a medical treatment where a machine pushes air into the patient's lungs through the windpipe uh, ventilators deliver oxygen to the lungs, help remove carbon dioxide from the blood, but the machines aren't always available. So early in the COVID-19 pandemic, hospitals faced a severe shortage of ventilators, and doctors used a technique called extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, ECMO, where blood is pumped through the body and reoxygenated with a machine. The procedure carries inherent risks such as bleeding and blood clots. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Don't worry, just sign here. In search of another solution, the study authors drew inspiration from aquatic animals like sea cucumbers and freshwater fish called loaches, which use their intestines for a respiration. It's unclear whether humans and other mammals have similar capabilities, although some scientists attempted to answer that question early on. But uh, we know now that without intestinal ventilation, mice placed in low-oxygen environment survived for only about 11 minutes with ventilation into their anuses 75 percent survived for 50 minutes so they lived longer (laughs) so they really don't breathe through their butts we were just pumping oxygen in their butts and making them live longer uh thanks to the infusion of the oxygen it reached their hearts yeah but we made them they still died i mean they didn't really breathe They were just hanging on for dear life because we were shooting oxygen up their butts. So then they found uh, what they're calling promising results. The team noted that uh, more work still need to be done. Yeah, you think? Yeah, they're still dying. They're just lasting a little bit longer. Shoot some more oxygen up their butts. (laughs) So they tested with the loach guts. Uh, The fish take the oxygen mostly through their gills, but occasionally when exposed to low oxygen conditions loaches instead used a portion of their intestines for gas exchange oh man does that sound like some science i wanted to be working on i'll tell you that but it doesn't so where did we get to the pigs here let's see so another experiment rather than using oxygen gas the team tried perofluoridecalin pfd a liquid fluorocarbon that could be infused with a large amount of oxygen liquid already used in people such as use in the lungs of infants with severe respiratory distress and they noted that oh yeah you know they lasted a a little bit longer and they breathed through their intestines and they lived a little bit longer that's great the team then moved on to a pig model 
of respiratory failure where they placed pigs on ventilators and only provided a low level of oxygen and then injected the pdf into the pigs posteriors with a long tube yeah you don't want to use a short tube on that <laughs> you want to use a long term when you're injecting the into the posterior of the pig and compared with the pigs that were given the treatment the oxygen saturation in the blood and the warmth returned to their skin they sustained the improvements for about 18 to 19 minutes and then they could give additional doses to the pigs without noticeable side effects so really they're not breathing through their butts that's not true they're not breathing through their butts okay they are we're just pumping air into their butts and they're living a little bit longer <laughs> i'm willing to bet and i'm not a physician i'm i'm just at a, and i'm not a scientist although i play one from time to time but i'm willing to make this hypothesis that if you were to shoot oxygen with a shorter long tube up someone's butt they would live longer i know i know you're welcome I receive emails a, a lot through, you know, different email addresses. You know, you, I give you chewing the fat at theblaze.com, and then there's a Jeffy at glenbeck.com. So I'm not sure which one this came to. I think, well, let me take a look at this. I think it goes back to chewing the fat at theblaze.com. And I'm not sure why they would send it to me other than I think they want me to subscribe to their report or pay their company. So the email says, hi, we published a market report on garbage cans 2021 for you and your competitors. <laughs> okay. If you have further interest in this report or related reports, we would be happy to share the sample report for your reference. And I feel like this is some kind of scam. Uh, the way it's worded, I feel like it is. It came from an email address at aplusmr.com. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's possible. And then it uh, at the very end, it says, uh, uh, you know, it says, best wishes for 2021 from Fendi Zhang, sales manager, QI Research, Inc. And it gives me another email address, a couple of email addresses, actually, and a WhatsApp and some international phone numbers and it says the world leading market research reports publisher okay all right now i will say i didn't realize that there were so many manufacturers of garbage cans the file according to this email uh they would be happy to share a sample report uh, for my reference and the following manufacturers are covered rubbermaid Perstorp, simple human Brabantia, Moloch, Hefty, it's a Reynolds Consumer Products, LLC, Ikea, Auto, Shanghai, Auto, Hongi, Can Do, Ideco, Asvel, Joseph, Joseph, Continental Commercial Products, Sterilite, W. Weber, Toda, which is Waste Quip, LLC, Storax, iTouchless, Carlisle F Food Service Products, iDesign, Nine Stars, Reflex, Zlin, Vip, uh, if and I bet you that's not all the manufacturers of 
garbage cans, but that's just some that they put on this list. And I'm, I, you know, I, I do, I actually do want to see the market report on garbage cans uh, to go for me and uh, and my competitors. But I don't have <laughs> any idea why they would think I needed this report on garbage cans so apparently i'm in the garbage can business now there go ahead you can write your own jokes on uh you know the show being garbage but that doesn't yeah i heard you i heard you making your little garbage jokes i got it but i'm afraid to reply to this email and so we're just gonna have to go with the with the email and the garbage can report as best as we can from this email. I will say that if you are listening at QY Research Inc. and you're the sales manager, uh, send me the reports, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, so I don't have to reply to your emails and be wary of where they are going. Okay? Okay, thank you. Speaking of garbage cans and what goes in garbage cans, uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow smells like my vagina candle from Goop. You know the website. Goop. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's website and company, her lifestyle company. Well, she's being sued. Or the company, at least, is being sued. I mean, she is the company for all intents and purposes. Uh, Colby Watson from Texas. It doesn't say where Colby lives in Texas, but he purchased a Smells Like My Vagina candle from the Goop's website in January, and he had it sitting next to his bed. I, <laughs> You can only imagine why someone would want that candle next to their bed but he said that uh he had it on his bedside table and it exploded and engulfed in high flames oh no oh no he said it left a big black burn ring on his bedside table and the candle jar was charred black now fortunately no injuries were reported now according to colby after this happened after it was burning for about three hours well the website warns people that hey don't burn the candle for more than two hours now that's kind of that's kind of strange right i mean i guess that's the type of the candle and the way the smells like my vagina candle is made that you don't want it to get too hot thank you be here all week but really it's a candle that's like the old, uh, you know, the old thing I talked about with the Saturday Forget It, the Ron Paul Peel uh, Saturday Forget It machine. And you make some, it's a 30-minute infomercial on Saturday Forget It. And you get it home and take it out of the box and there's a big sticker on the front of the, on the, front of the machine. Hey, Saturday Forget It really doesn't mean Saturday Forget It. Well, I want my money back then. You're telling me a candle isn't, I'm not supposed to burn a candle? For longer than two hours, Jeff what it's a candle put it out let it burn down to nothing that's what they do but not the goop it smells like my vagina candle Uh, i'm sorry this smells like my vagina candle. this isn't the first time either remember we had the lady in england who claimed that uh, she won the goop this smells like my vagina candle at some party and took it home and then it almost burned the house down 
Right, Dylan. She said uh, this 20-inch flame leapt from the glass jar onto her carpet. <laughs> and she, she described the scene as an inferno. Now, fortunately for her again, her and her partner were able to take control of the situation by throwing the vagina candle out the door. Well, that's what you do when you have a, when you have a smelly vagina candle. You throw it out the door. You get rid of it. <laughs> so, you know, this isn't the first time. It isn't the first time that it's been alleged that this candle it happens to start burning out of control which is why maybe i wonder if when they put the disclaimer on the website of no more than two hours i wonder when they did that but now goop says that they're confident that this claim is frivolous and an attempt to secure an outsized payout from a press heavy product we stand behind the brands we carry and the safety of the products we sell well, thank you, Goop spokesperson. That makes me feel that much better. <laughs> so just make sure if you, like Colby Watson from Texas, have purchased or are going to purchase the This Smells Like My Vagina candle, uh, make sure that you do not let it burn for more than two hours. I mean, that's probably a good rule of thumb with anything surrounding Gwyneth Paltrow's products, specifically her vagina products. But what do I know? So YouTube, I mean, I, what is YouTube worth? About $150, 160000000000 dollars? I bet it's got to be that. It's got to be $150 billion. Right, I mean, I remember Google paid over 1.6 billion back in 2006, and yeah, they're saying 170 billion now. Holy cow! Remember when Google paid 1.6 billion dollars for YouTube, and many people, me, not me, <laughs> not me, thought, "Wow, a billion dollars for that? You got to be kidding!" And they figure it's worth 170 billion now. <laughs> that was not a bad investment at all but they are worth let's say they're worth let's say even on the low end all right they're worth 100 billion low end 100 billion you you can't afford uh technology or employees to help you out with you know censorship and, and things going on on your on your platform I mean, they're blaming, they pulled the plug on a uh, George Mason University law professor who was discussing the legal status of Israeli airstrikes in Gaza, you know, being on Israel's side. And they went ahead and just pulled that. Yeah. And it, you know what? I'm sure we've been inconsistent with our censorship, but gosh darn it, it's just shoddy technology. I know. We're forced to rely on machine learning algorithms to deal with the flood of material on their platforms because they have no idea that they're going to get this flood of material, you know, this daily flood of material. Facebook, too. Facebook just pulled the plug on another, another uh, pro-Israel site. Yeah, you're done. Have a nice day. Never. Yeah, you had how many followers? So what? You had 77 million followers. So 
uh and they you know that site is claiming that it was a cyber terrorism campaign by radical islamic groups and a coordinated attack and and their explanation of it seems pretty good and you'd think that facebook would want to listen and maybe say you know you're right if we look at the if we look at what happened maybe you're right let's go ahead and take a look at that but no never mind you're done over but you know that's what i was saying is that now they're saying oh yeah but we just we're relying on machine learning algorithms to deal with this flood of materials and those systems often result in content being removed inappropriately so occasionally social media users will band together to flag post as inappropriate in order to trick automatic moderating systems into removing legitimate contact yeah it's uh, occasionally stuff like that happen it's just a you know a little bump in the in the road <laughs> oh yeah i didn't have anything to do with us hating the jews or anything <laughs> nope didn't have anything to do with that didn't have us uh, anything to do with us being uh you know pro-palestinian but it has everything to do with <laughs> man we just cannot figure out how to do this we don't have enough people it's COVID 19 and we had algorithms and one thing and we just man uh, we'd like to say we're sorry but we're not so we can talk about uh how kind of angry i am at the biden administration i know that i try to steer clear of politics but i mean we could talk about how they're going to waive sanctions against uh the russian pipeline for the sanctions that were there because they're saying that it's not willing to compromise its relationship with germany over this pipeline um tough that's the way it goes but now we're gonna just it's okay never mind don't worry about it that nord stream 2a you know we're gonna get that russian pipeline done that's a good deal between russia and ukraine and germany we're gonna get that done don't worry that's a done deal don't you worry i've got to keep my son's paycheck coming in <laughs> any of you pipelines going on here in the u.s though don't you even think about it up and running you're lucky i let uh the payment go through to the dark side to get that colonial pipeline back up and running hey i never mind that they ended up we, I, they ended up getting paid more money than what was advertised and they're saying that it was different entities that they got money from and now they're saying that they're closed shop the dark side is closed shop huh from pressure from the u.s so it took a payment from our pipeline to close them up weird i don't quite understand that but for our administration to waive these sanctions against russia for this pipeline is agonizing and it's the only reason that they're doing it is because that it was a trump deal i just we could talk about it forever but really what i'd like to talk about never mind i'm not going to talk anymore about that i have an idea i was talking to my son about uh, last night and i was thinking about starting and i haven't i'm not 100 percent sure i'm going to do this yet just you know you can email me at chewing the fat at the and let me know you know if you if you like it or you think it's a good idea but i was thinking about maybe doing a fundraiser for our rescue and uh if we raised a certain amount of money i would shave my head and my son who has really long hair uh he is he was like ooh, yeah. and my daughter's like yeah i'll shave my head for our rescue absolutely 
So uh, I was thinking about raising some money, and if it reaches a certain point, then I shave my head. We make it into a bit, you know, YouTube uh, live, and we, you know, shave the heads. And we can, you know, give whatever hair they want, some of my hair, we can give that to whatever you know whatever whoever whatever entity makes wigs for people who need wigs with cancer that kind of thing we'll give the hair to that and we'll raise the money we'll give the money to our rescue and uh, that was just a thought just i'm thinking out loud just thinking you know i probably should do that because i was thinking about shaving my head anyway just for the heck of it because it's been a long time since i've shaved my head uh and i used to just do the one not all the way down to the not all the way down the skull but i used to just shave it to the one for a long time and uh, i haven't done that in a long time and it was just uh you know they i had a picture from a snapchat thing that uh you may have seen i posted it on instagram jeff fisher radio and you know it shows myself and my son bald and i thought man you know it's been a long time since i've shaved my head and I don't want to just do it, although I could, and just be done with it and, and have fun with it. But I was thinking about, you know, maybe raising some money for our rescue. So let me know what you think of that, if you think that it would be worthy. And, you know, make that into a whole chewing the fat uh, extravaganza on chewing the fat and on the YouTube channel and do it live and shave it. And we'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> what do you say? shave it for charity i don't know what what do we what i'm not sure if i call it shave it for ther- for uh charity because ooh might not be thinking you know shave the skull for charity or skull shaved for charity or just i'll shave my head for our rescue something like that <laughs> i'm just I'm just thinking out loud. That's all. I'm just thinking out loud. That's all. I'll leave you with, uh, I saw this uh, on, uh, let's say Facebook. I'm not really sure where. I don't remember where I saw it. But it has something to do with uh, showing your children their worth. I mean, a little uplifting, okay? And uh, the story, there's a picture of a broken down car in the story. And it says, a father said to his daughter, you've graduated with honors. Here is a car I bought you many years ago. And it's pretty old now, but before I give it to you, take it to a used car lot downtown and tell them I want to sell it and to see how much they offer you for it. And the daughter went to the used car lot, returned to her father and said they offered me $1,000 because they said that it looks pretty worn out. The father said, now take it down to the pawn shop. And the daughter went to the pawn shop and returned to the father and said, the pawn shop offered only $100 because it's an old car. And the father said, okay, well, go to the car club now and show them the car. The daughter then took the car to the club, returned to her father and said, some people at the club offered $100,000. It's an iconic car and sought by many collectors. Now, the father said to his daughter, the right place values you the right way if you're not valued do not be angry it means you are in the wrong place those who know your value are those who appreciate you never stay in a place no one sees your value Hmm. kind of a good rule of thumb isn't it i know 
I know it's tough to live by. You hear the you hear the 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 you hear those lines all the time. If you're tired of something, change it. But going through with it, going through with it is tough. So just might be something to teach your kids, right? Never stay in a place where no one sees your value. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Interesting thought, isn't it? 